Hello, welcome to Simply Sacred, a loving gaze at the inner world in a modern society. This is where we drop in and we reflect on what it means to live in awareness of the inner world and how that can lead to better wellness solutions. I hope you enjoy today's episode. This computer. Hi, Kaya Yezdal is here with us with Making Love to the World. I'm so pleased that you've joined Simply Sacred today. And I have a few questions prepared. Are you ready to answer some of them? Hello. Yes, I am. I'm excited to answer them. It is all about inner healing and the inner world, as you know, this podcast likes to refer to. And so I thought I'd start off with kind of an interview series of different kind of experts in their field of healing, wellness, and understanding about all things to do with mental wellness. So Mm. what does the inner world mean to you? I want to start with that one. Mm. Oh, the inner world's where I, where I prefer to live, to be honest. (laughs) Um, To me, it's the connection to the heart uh, the connection to your intuition. Um, it's the, it's the silence, um, that practice, which, which can be, which is challenging. Um, I find in our, in our world, uh, for the most part. Um, why is it challenging things draw you out mm. of the inner world? What do you think draws you out of the inner world the most? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely, definitely, um, in the, in the recent, in my recent um, environment, it's a lot of, of noise, like television noise, and a lot of um, other people talking all the time. So not as much silence, I think. Um, yeah, that I just realized with spending a lot of time in silence and with myself, and then going into it does honestly feel like a matrix when I go into like a city or like a group of a lot of people, it feels, um, it's just that like coming back to breath and coming back to awareness all the time of, um, of how, how you're feeling and how your thoughts are and your words and what you're doing. Um, and then how, and then it's that energy, um, of feeling of, of the of I guess um what you're feeling and then interpreting what that feeling where that's coming from um for me so yeah I just I just never really I wasn't aware at all for most of my life that there was like um an inner world like I couldn't even be around silence so how would you contrast your experiences before? Tell us a little bit about your backstory, Kaya, and then we okay, can yeah. kind of understand why you've come to know the inner world. <laughs> and I've been laughing about this lately because I've really been like, um, yeah, so I, I was very much someone that um, through, I'd say a lot of my, through my, my teens, my 20s, my 30s, very loud, very talkative, very always wanting to be in a scene and in noisy environments, really. I, um, so I was very much, I was an actress and performer. Um, 
And so I was in a lot of like nightlife scenes and, um, and, and just a very fast kind of paced world. And then, and then when my whole world crashed with um, the illness and death of my partner, I was at such a level of surrender. Um, and because there was so much trauma and I was so energetically sensitive from the trauma that I just went inside. I just didn't, I couldn't be around most people. And so I w- I'm laughing recently because I kind of bridging back from like three years of being in my own kind of world where I was really more connected to creator or spirit or like my own um, healing journey that then I had to bridge back into actual society. And I look now at like how I was before, how, how I would dress, how I would be with other people, the thoughts I would think like, it just, it's so, I'm just like a totally um not totally different but yeah no like quite different like it's yeah <laughs> so would you say that trauma triggered that that inward spiral to go in spiral inward and now you're spiraling back out because is there a sense of healing and, and safety that where you feel it's safe to come back out to the outer world again or do you think that that's a natural stage that people do or do you think that that traumatic things can cause people to go more inward than others Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the trauma definitely, definitely triggered my, if you want to call awakening process and my healing process, um, which, which then turned into, which beautiful, which, which transformed the death into something beautiful because of my learn my connection to myself, my true self, like my awareness of who I am and what I desire, um, for my, for my life. Um, and I'd say though, the integration back into society has been incredibly challenging for me. Um, I think because I went such a, from such a, like, I mean, I literally was like very much like watching the Kardashians and that kind of like consuming, oh, just kind of a lost, um, um, yeah, vibe yeah, just, just who I was that then to be someone now who, who just sees, sees everything that I was involved in before in a different way, people and everything, like my whole entire life. So, so your values um, that you've had about the world have changed. So, oh, so yeah. you're experiencing society differently now than you did before. Completely. And I didn't want to be in society. I mean, I definitely came, was at a place where I, I was like, I, I don't think I want to, like, how can I, how can I, how can I live? You were part of all of that scene, right? Like with, totally. with the, the entertainment industry and the outer image industry of, of valuing kind of the exterior beauty and, mm-hmm. um, and what you can own and possess and how you can show yourself importance in the world, right? Amongst others. That's what mm-hmm. I understand about your story. So how do you feel now like what your image represents now like is there still a reason to hold an image and and what does that look like yeah um it's it's interesting because i i am 
finding that that side of myself again that does enjoy dressing up and performing and mm. and being um with others and 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 I'm drawn being drawn back into that world in some way I feel because I and because I do understand and I was in it um yeah now I just uh sorry what where am I going with this what kind of what self-image was... do you want now that you're told oh yeah shifted right my self-image now is so <laughs> Um, it's, it's really the, the ego it's, it's being aware of my ego or the ego, like of, and, and how I need to, like, I, I do, I see the importance of its protection in this, in this state sort of, um, in that environment, I think, I don't know if it protection is the right word, but, um, there's, yeah, it, it's definitely, a level of, of, of always checking in, checking in when I'm around that kind of environment of if I'm being true, if I'm being real. And is that easier now that you've had that three-year journey with the inner world? So you're able to check in easier. What are yes. some tools that you could tell the listeners about checking into the inner world? Like you, we started talking about what um, the inner world means to you, right? But what, what are some tools when you're traversing that, like um, the thoughts and feelings, the awarenesses you have, the different layers of your ego and why you might do things and shape things this is what I'm hearing you say the inner world is to you, what are some tools when you check into what you say is your true self in those moments? Because now you're in the same kind of society, right? That you were before mm -hmm. you went into the inner world, but now it's almost like you're in a new relationship with it. Mm -hmm. um, and that, yeah. is, is that right? Am I hearing that correctly? Yeah. So that's, can, you, that's... can you offer listeners some, some tips and tricks on how you've learned to check in, in your inner world and as you're going yes. to your day? Yes, because the tools are so important. So for number one for everybody, breath, breathing. I did not know how much I don't breathe. And that, as I hold my breath right now, um, is so always, always checking to see if I'm breathing and taking those moments to slow down and take deep breaths from the belly and those moments I used to as a child I didn't know that I was an empath and I didn't know that I could feel so much and I'd run I'd always go to the bathroom a lot and so that I find now I do have to take that time sometimes with checking in and going is this maybe too much for me right now maybe I need to step away and take five minutes to just breathe and ground so visualization is huge too so the breath work and then visualizing that I am connected to mother earth Mm. with a cord with a golden cord I always use a golden cord from my from my center my belly to to the earth's core belly and and keep that that connected so that I know that I'm grounded and that I'm supposed to and it keeps me here um because sometimes my soul like it can feel really overwhelming of energy um where I do maybe want to leave in a way or I'm not present enough anymore um and then also connecting yeah to to light i want to be balanced so i want to be connected to mother earth and father sky so from father sky i imagine a white light um and that's really too like purifying i need to for myself purify a lot um 
because I do find, especially in going in the environment again of a lot of social media and um, groups of people that it is very, you know, super like looking on the outside. So we are visual people. So the way I look, at, you know, is, is something um, that's been a, a trigger for, for myself um, as well through my life. So yeah, so visualizing that I'm, you know, here and I'm connected to some, to creator something bigger than myself and and that I'm being supported by that. It's not mm. like I'm alone or I'm not, you know, being supported. I need to feel that and and breathing. And then moving my body. Sometimes I just have to like scream or like I find I always wear I always wear like it's funny um, I always wear the same kind of clothes now because I want to move. I want to, I, I find I need to stretch sometimes. I need to be able to do a yoga posture or just like dance a little bit just to, just to really move out um, my body. So I'd say those three things um, are like the most important tools and water, a lot of water, I drink a lot of water. Yeah because we are mostly water make sure that because I actually I, I do feel I feel energy so much sometimes that um I will start my body will start reacting I'll, I will start sweating okay sometimes in, in those environments so that's something can you still, explain so. what you mean by when you feel energy um yeah so are you picking up on are you picking up on some of the kind of experiences around you you mentioned that mm -hmm. you're an empath so that means you're you're experiencing different kind of feelings that maybe others are attuned to mm -hmm. physiology so yeah so so I, I guess so what I would say mostly because for energy I I've noticed that I always perform better and I'm always in a better place when I'm connected to love when I mm -hmm. am my intention is to say loving things, to have living, loving thoughts and to do loving, loving deeds. So, so I will, um, so energetically, I will see if there is, if, if I feel comfortable in the, in the environment that I'm in. Um, so I'll just, I'll kind of check in and, and feel, um, do I feel nervous? Do I feel a lot of like different energy like has, has something shifted? Um, I guess so when my body will react, sometimes I will start sweating or my heart will start racing. And I'm like, oh, I need to breathe. And then I'll just kind of check in um, with, what's, with what's changed. And then also energetically, what I want to feel is, is, a, is, a, is a, a surging of energy through my body where... Um, I, I literally can feel energy and this was going back to that that um, visualization where I can feel energy coming up through through my feet and and uh, and down through my head where my body just kind of tingling all over mm. that's where I, I I personally am now always working at being in that state where I just feel energized um, and that that's where I can I have a confirmation that I'm connected um to source or um also at my at my highest my highest greatest good type um place i'd say so i feel like you've talked about a lot of like really key points when it comes to inner world 
trauma, being highly sensitive and empathic or gifted, right? And the thing is, is that when someone comes from a need to be highly attuned to their environment, it's almost like a hypervigilance occurs, right? Mm-hmm. And in that hypervigilance, that we're, a person is able to scan their environment and pick up more details than the average person would be, right? Because it's mm-hmm. become a survival mechanism, but then that becomes also a gift, right? And it can be... It can be a curse if it's if it's debilitating. So right. Yeah. I'm sure you've experienced both sides of that coin. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it's it honestly still at this point, it still makes me um, a little. Yeah, it does make me a little bit uncomfortable, a little bit nervous. It's something I'm working. I'm working on. Mm-hmm. Um, being accepted as my as this feeling new self in that environment. I mean, I haven't even really been in touch with a lot of the people that I knew five years ago. Um, you know, it's really been, I've really been in more of a spiritual group of like-minded people that, that, that um, I don't even have to sometimes have a conversation. Like I don't have to actually say something we know. And so I'm really now at a place of practicing um, being able to, to be with everyone because so that um, yeah. So it's, it's still really a learning for me right now, but it's exciting because it is a part of myself that I really love to be creatively and, um, and yeah, there is, there's definitely a part of myself that, that wants to, to be out there more again. And it's the true test of my work <laughs> on myself. Right. So when you're considering deepening those tools and capacities to be in the outer world, I mean, it's a dance too, right? With compassion and, and being, being mindful of what your needs are and, and listening to that. I guess it's really important to have people in your corner and your main, main group that also are able to accommodate some of those boundaries that you, that you, um, cultivate for yourself and being okay with those boundaries right and that's a really important part of the dance I think it also uh, makes sense that you are um, make love to the world and that it is you're you're scanning and wanting love you're wanting interaction Mm -hmm. energies of that and you can feel the difference when it's not from that place totally and that's what that's what my little girl has taught me and I think that 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 our children right now are so so important for us to connect to because um especially the little ones you know under 11 she's only seven to to um how how our energy shift can how it changes when we're not in a space of love if there is um, a tone of anger or um you know or judgment um that that then you know it can it's that check in and be like oh yeah no I'm not in I'm not actually speaking in love right now or or treating you like that so yeah um love being in that love vibration yeah it sounds easy but it's a lot of work to always to always be thinking doing and speaking in in a space of of love so then as a somatic coach, I would say that it's also just as important to build that container, build that mm-hmm. stronger, right? So that the yeah. pebble doesn't have to feel so 
so overwhelming right and that's a yeah that's a dance to get there it's like we build the fire pit and then the fire can hold it hold a bigger fire not that we should be so used to holding a huge fire that's part of the dance too is that we don't always need to be experiencing everything like somebody who's working on wall street and they're in this overstimulating environment of go 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 and competition and and stress obviously they're they've gotten so attuned and used to, to so much fire and that causes a lot of its own malignancies right so mm-hmm. where is that happy ground where we get to uh, of being able to experience um being able to experience the the middle the middle ground right like mm-hmm. things don't throw a person off so easily but also you're not so used to having this really strong an indestructible um, sense of self because that 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 part is conditioned um, as well and and uh, I think that that's that's the beauty of so many alternative practices of wellness and healing Um, when you look at when you look at your own growth I'm just um, do you think that uh, there are are, there's a reason to step beyond mainstream solutions to pain and healing? Like, is there other kind of wellness solutions that are beyond um, just what mainstream has currently offered? Yeah, well, I think that that comes back down to, I think our society has built been, been so built around our mind mm-hmm. um, and not our heart um, because of emotions. So I think what's really important in society, I think, to be able to hold containers for people to to heal and to learn how to heal um, and do this work is connecting to the heart and that is, and our feelings, our emotions, um, and allowing them to be. Um, I think it's, we've become um, quite a, like a society, and this is, comes back to children again, if you watch a child, you know, be in a mo- in the moment where we're supposed to be living in the present moment because that's all we have. Then, if we feel if we feel sad, to to allow someone to 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 be that for you know, um, and I think then too, it's also up to us to help ma- when the people that need to help have help come out of that sadness, um, the support and without judgment, without shame, without guilt. Um, these are these are projections that have stunted our society, I feel. And I think it comes down to, it is, we've been in a very patriarchal system and no fault of the men, but because um, many of them have been raised to, to not, you know, feel um, as much all the time, their emotions. And that that says more of a, a woman thing when, when we both hold the, the space of the masculine and feminine energies and that nurturing, that feminine nurturing energy, um, we need to connect to so that people can face their pain and do their healing. Um, cause the pain is held in the heart. Um, and, in, and then in the body. So yeah, let's like, I've had moments where I'm on the side of the street downtown and I, I just need to feel this. I need to let go of this. And I'm crying and screaming on the side of the road. And I've had people stop and be like, oh my God, are you okay? And I'm literally, and I'm coming out of it and I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I just, you know, really had to have that five minutes. But their look on their face is just like, 
oh my God, you know, and, and I really feel for collectively and I felt the, the pain of how many of us have not been able to express that in a reg in regularly so that we do end up becoming this like woman that's screaming down the streets, you know, with her clothes, tearing off her clothes. And I've had, I've been around people that it's like, wow, it's just so pent up that, yeah, they seem crazy and it's very uncomfortable, but it's, it's really needed. I think it was actually you one time that said that um, when you, when an animal is in a fight, is in a state of like, um, where it's, it's a trauma state where of survival and they're like tranquilized that when an animal comes back out of that state, it still needs to move out of that, oh, that trauma. Yeah. 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 And we don't do that in society. No. We go, no, 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 don't, don't, don't grieve for less for, you know, yeah. and don't, don't feel that because we have to work tomorrow. Yeah. And there's powerful cultures that will just wail when there's someone dies, they just, they, the, the honor and expression of wailing and the power and beauty of wailing as a way to release that. Because clamping it down, putting a pot lid on it is, is really, really hurting the people, you know, just mm -hmm. that belief system and fear of expression of pain. And there's many reasons for us to be experiencing and realizing that there's pain in the world right now. I remember being in Vancouver as well and just seeing, seeing the deep despair and, um, the homelessness um, situation and, and just people suffering and then mixed with this like at the same time I'm seeing these hugely um, innovative buildings and how they put millions of dollars into it just to be so lucrative and of high esteem and you're just seeing this duality and this mix of mm -hmm. mix of mix of worlds where where if we had equitable solutions better feasible in our hum, hum, humanity we would uh we would not be seeing that and just the just the deep expression of pain that I feel and I need to express in those moments and I go to the ocean but I do I do feel that um us not acknowledging those things are is um is also a part of a, a, a normal uh, disease state of being and clamping it down and it can be too big it can be too big to hold in the container because it's such a it's such a collective world that has had so many people being part of it it can feel powerless it can feel powerless for us to make a shift in these things that are causing deep pain and and I think that that's a sense of the desperation and the sorrow that's felt as well when those moments happen right it's not something we can immediately fix and so there's a and so to acknowledge that to acknowledge that there's this sorrow that we can't help and yet we do mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. yeah and the pond counts and there is enough of of people who are waking up and policy makers who can get more heart-centered and realize um that the shifts that need to occur can happen on fundamental principle levels and different value systems that can become embedded into our social and political structures, but we're not there yet, but it, it is absolutely possible and it will happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I hope so. I so love that you're, you're just talking today. Um, do you want to continue with questions? If we've got time, I love talking. Especially to, especially to you. <laughs> You've been on so much of my journey. You were the beginning. <laughs> well, it's been an honor to watch. And um, okay, so I'm going to move into, okay, so it's, I'm going to move into actually the fifth, the last question. 
um, it's pretty serious work to do shadow work. Like it can feel heavy, right? When you talk about going mm. to the inner world, you're pulling up some layers, right? That are stifling. They're thick. They're messy. They're 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 clouded too. They can be really confusing, right? Like some of that going into those depths can be really serious work. How do we restore? Do you think like the beauty? of it so we can celebrate that mm -hmm. we're going into the mucky muck and that's a beautiful thing like because we need a world that where people are willing to do their inner work we need political yeah. leaders who are willing to do yes. work to say what wound is actually propelling me to be this self-righteous and this indignant and this blah 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 right and so mm -hmm. we need that to become valued and celebrated and then it's a beautiful process and then it makes us strong it makes us courageous it makes us valuable members of society it's not oh they're a wackadoo like people don't do healing they don't do counseling like that whole old mental stigma that some of the older generations really still hold right and mm -hmm. and um it just that whole thing needs to be lifted and for us to celebrate one another doing that inner work and what do you think what do you think will make us help to restore that well, and this is where um, I really believe that the plant medicines are here to assist us. And my one of my journeys with Aya was really clear on that in my own experience too. I, I really had no choice doing the shadow work, I believe. I mean, I did. We always have a choice. But I, because I have a little girl and um, I really had to heal really fast, my intention was to do all the work. Um, and I, and I knew I had to, so, um, I think, so I, and so the plant medicines, um, specifically, uh, so cannabis was a tool of my coping because I wasn't a, in, I had such trauma, um, that I had to work through. Um, and then with, I think, so then this is where I think ayahuasca, especially when you say to the politicians, I would love to it to be a day where um, people in power, our leaders do, do do ceremonies with medicines that dissolve the ego and bring us back to our connection to who we truly are um, of this love vibration. Um, so, and so, but then, I mean, I is not, you know, it's, these aren't going to be, you know, it's not necessarily for everybody, of course. Um, so then we come back to what's very popular right now, psilocybin. I think this psilocybin, the golden teachers, magic mushroom, um, are, are, can be really, really important for a lot of people. They were for my, for me to, that, that they eased the suffering. They helped me understand the suffering. They helped me cope with the suffering because going in when, going into suffering can, you know, states of, um, going deep into why your part, the shadow work, your part of, of why like I had to go into what parts I had in my partner's death, which there were a hundred percent, which parts in, as a mother that I have with all my relationships, I've, I've been through every relationship, um, that I have, that has come, come up for me in, in my searching through, through my energy centers of what I'm holding on to in guilt and anger and pain and, and um, so, yeah, plant medicines um, are such a gift uh, to help us to help us go through, and they and they can be. I think music, music and dancing um, are so important. Music number is so important. It's one of the easiest um, ways 
um, to guide us through our, our emotions and um, feelings and releasing. Um, and, and like I said, dancing, moving it out and community, having a support community is imperative. Oh, it, through my own experience, it can, it, yeah, it's having that unconditional, those unconditional um, people in your life that are not going to abandon you. Um, mm. And I think that's the social part that's needed in order to restore the beauty of it. So we can celebrate mm-hmm. one another, show compassion, say, hey, that was probably really hard to face, but you did it. But also yeah. letting someone get too self-deprecating either. Like when you say, looking at the shadow work of parts of how I was part of his death, right? Like you're not going to want to get too stuck anywhere either. You're going to want to process and have compassion, see the full picture. Definitely don't. Yeah push away any layers that you're not willing to look at but acknowledging it is half of the half of the battle in itself and when we have Mm -hmm. the right social supports um i feel like it's um Mm -hmm. it's really it just it allows for um the the mutual understanding that it's such beneficial work and that it doesn't actually make you weak it makes you strong and mm-hmm. the vulnerability takes so much strength and courage and, and dignity, and it actually is. And so I just want to commend you for all of that deep work you've done in the last few years. Like it's, <sighs> it is not something that's easy, it's- especially when you're carrying, like you're carrying stories and social conditioning and imprinting and family belief systems. You're carrying your own experiences. You're carrying those of others that you've cohabitated with, like, there's so many angles of, of understanding the consciousness patterns that have shaped you and made you that might be surfacing when you're in this inner work journey. And I love, mm-hmm. all, I know you've been a huge activist in plant medicine and that industry. And I know that you were featured on the, the magazine for, for cannabis, right? And mm-hmm. you feel that you can still use that self-image to now in a different way though, in a way that can lend to the more medicinal side of the plant and and it's the tea yes and that they the understanding that that they are spiritual tools to their teacher plants they are here if the intention when you go in see i went into i i I used cannabis you know like many people in my in my early youth but and and wasn't aware that it was a medicine um you know or, 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 you know, mushrooms either. It was more of like a good time. Um, but when I went into it with my intention to heal, to look at my stuff and I used tools like journaling and yoga and meditation, um, you know, these with the medicines, that's the thing is it, I was, um, very intentional with the medicine. Um, and that makes a big difference, um, with, and asking questions, which you learn to, to then journey with the medicines and, and they, you and internally so, ask questions and then you administer in, the medicine and then you mm-hmm. have exploration where the medicine yes. helps you because the medicine brings you deeper in the inner world. Exactly. Yeah. And, and then I also want to, heart, to, right. Yes. Connecting mm-hmm. to the heart. And I see, I see cannabis as a heart opener. I really do. She can be used that way as long as she's grown that way and all the medicines need to be so grown. So the business you know? side of it has really kind of slanted it to just be kind of, well, cannabis is out there and people use it for healing, but who unpacks this? Is there anyone out there in this field with really unpacking 
that it is an inner world healer? Like, are there people who are actively unpacking that side? And can it be just as flavorful of a topic as the business side of things? Yeah, well, this is where I think we're going to be moving into um, as, you know, after COVID, obviously, like these healing centers, Mm -hmm. um, like these spaces where people will feel safe with the medicines, they'll be supported with the medicines, they'll learn how to use the medicines properly. Um, They'll, you know, know where their medicine's coming from. Um, And this is the thing is, it's it's a medicine. And this is where when we start looking at it as a medicine, um, it's not something that we use all the time Mm -hmm. then. And I come from a place where, yes, in the beginning as a space for trauma, when, when there's, there's re- like, in, like, tr- like I'm in a space where I've just been traumatized and I'm in that trauma space still, that I was using it all the time. Like I cannabis all day, every day. Um, but this is the thing when you're using it as medicine now, you know, I'm, and it's awareness, right? And conscious awareness, I I'm like, okay, what do I, when do I use it now? You know, so from going three years later to, you know, in the morning during a meditation, you know, Mm -hmm. um, it's not, I don't, I don't at all use it like I used to. Um, Even the psilocybin, I used to use it every three days as a microdose, Um, you know, every two, three days. With the loss of your husband. Yeah. And, and to just do the work. I just, I really wanted to, as the medicines do, and as the research is coming out, they amplify, right? And, and so with these intentions, so the healing can be, can happen faster. So I had that intention. And so. Mm-hmm. That's um, why so you healed in, in your journey, you've come through that, that three years spiral inwards and now mm-hmm. outward, which is an accelerated, yeah. it is an accelerated path because a traditional psychotherapy approach, you know, 10 years, decades of healing um, through just psychotherapy and counseling and not really accessing those other points of, of knowing how to go deep in the inner world. Um, it takes a lot Mm -hmm. longer, right? Or not having these strategies and steps. And let's just also mention like plant medicine has been used for such a long period of time. Such a long time. From so many cultures. It's just, we're looking at the norm now in the Western world of how they approach um, mental wellness. Uh, It's just, it is, it's almost like we're going back, but we're going forward. And, and yeah. I think there is going to be a beautiful merriment of both ways of being and how we can operate in the Western and, and bringing in more of those traditional forms of knowledge. But I think that there's a lot of barriers to that too. Mm-hmm. I think that there's people who are, um, Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, <laughs> protecting their cultural rights and sensitivities. I think there'll be people who are, who are, um, are going to be wanting to regulate the source of medicine, right? That's happening um, now. Yep. Yeah. All that, all that is people integrate afterwards, what kind of support they have and what kind of background also like to legitimize and know that another way of being is just as valid as what has been Western medicine. And, and I think there comes a point where we have to say, if Western medicine was the only way, would we really be in this kind of state of, um, of, of struggle that we are in like mental if the mental health system worked we would not be where we are at now with exactly crisis right exactly so for us to weave in and legitimize what other cultures have done for hundreds and hundreds of years is not so far off track and for us and so it needs to be honored and respected just as much as any other form of medicine and healing I yeah I think even more so because it because it comes because it is so ancient and because it does have such spiritual um 
um, yeah, like just um, essence that, and the people and the cultures that, that, that have always used them need to be understood, need to be protected. Um, I mean, so you have deep research them. behind you of how much you've explored different cultural ways of being. And do you feel you still have pushback from others around you that want you to stay mainstream or it's too much for them in their paradigm of what healing is supposed to look like? Oh, totally. Totally still. Yeah. I, I think like we're just, we're just starting to, science is just starting to understand our brain mm-hmm. and touching on spirit is a whole other, cause you can't measure that in the ways that scientists are used to, right? We're such a science mind-based society mm-hmm. that how do you, you know, measure, and this is where with mental health, when someone says I'm not well, or I need help or assistance, how do we approach that? Right. A lot of people are like, look at you go, Oh, you're fine. Look at all the stuff you have. Like, no, no, I need it. You know, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's definitely, it's definitely an exciting time to be right now because I feel like we do have the solution. So many of the solutions be from the past. Like these are things thousands of years, like, you know, our, our, our Western, you know, healthcare system is, you know, only hundreds of years, you know, and That's beautiful. And- Thank you for sharing that sense of hope and that the beauty in it and that how actually the future is going to be revealing more and more truths and that this is this is fun to explore. It's so fun to explore. It's magic because we're dealing with magic. Who who's going to say right now that we don't need magic in the world? Like we need magic. Love we and need beauty. joy yeah. and love. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um and I wanted to bring up too before I forget um and that topic of of um of doing the shadow work I think another really important tool to help us through it is the hoponopono okay yeah I think I think like it's such a simple giving another person and seeing the mirror in yourself with another yes yes I think it's freeing you and them yes I think the coming to the um forgiveness state of through learning the lessons Mm. of love lessons I always come they're all love lessons it's all about coming back to love and then what are those lessons that I just learned of to get back to love and once you see I've had such horrible things happen in the past five years four years and and it's like you know at, at the time they were I don't want to call them horrible anymore but you know when you talk about when I when I would talk about them yeah they do but when you go oh my goodness but this is why this is why that happened. You know, even when I can say, this is why I was abused as a little girl. Like when I can say, what I can, why can I can smile at that? I mean, I could smile mm. at my abuse and be like, but this is what I learned. This is what it taught me. Um, and this is what I can share from it. it it's no longer a bad thing. You know, mm. if you want to say bad, it's, it becomes beautiful because, because you see why it happened. And I think, mm. And I think it that takes time to get there, right? For the oh yeah part, and we don't want to. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to um, delegitimize someone's experience if they're still feeling that cloud and they don't see that sunbreak yet and that blue sky yet, and that that mm. is part of the process, which can help people to have hope. But when they're really in it, just like when you were really in it, it needed to be acknowledged that this is a hard experience or that was a hard experience. Being heard. Like, I think that's why I like to have a choker on all the time because it reminds me of my, of my throat chakra of being heard. Um, That's why our stories um, are so important, you know, Um, 
Well, thank you for sharing sharing your story today or part of it. I want to interview you again soon, um, sooner rather than later, uh, to have some more to some more juicy conversations about the inner world and healing. Um, so yeah, thanks for tuning in. And if anyone wants to reach you, you have your website going. Mm. <laughs> Make love to the world.com. Make love to the world. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really still just on Facebook right now. Um, cause like I said, my inner, like I just, the outer world is so social is so computer that I'm still branching into that. I'm still integrating okay. into, into that. So over social media, um, over my name and make love to the world on Facebook is the best way right now. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Jaya. We'll Thank talk. you. I love you. Love you too. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening into Simply Sacred, a loving gaze at the inner world in a modern society. If you would like to get more information on the work that I do, please visit simplysacred.ca. I also offer a healer's journey in online course, and I also offer a Zoom online healing circle for those who want to drop in and reflect and share from the heart. Please contact me at simplysacredsolutions at gmail.com for more information.